The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. exclusively at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz, as long as Corona hasn't gotten him. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that was my best, worst butthead chuckle. <laughs> nice, nice. How's it going? Dude, how's it going by you now? Have you started to notice any differences in the real world or what used to be the real world yet yeah there's uh, explosions in the distance there's smoke circles going off uh the sky is darkened i think that it was blackened because we believed that they were they thrived on solar wait wrong movie um wrong movie wrong movie uh things are things are starting to level out with the rest of the world where um meaning that we are now in a shelter in place here in the lovely state of North Carolina. Are you seeing more people wa- walking and driving around wearing masks and gloves? Funny story. I went to Lowe's probably two weeks ago by now, and I might have mentioned this already. I did see somebody at Lowe's talking to somebody that worked there in pretty close proximity, yet he was wearing blue latex gloves. Interesting. Like, well, you're kind of defeating the purpose there, dude. Yeah. Um, I have seen some people at the grocery store. They're usually uh, older people at the grocery store wearing masks, but no gloves. And they're starting to clean the carts in real time as you need one. They will clean it and then in wearing gloves and, and give it to you. Sounds like you might be slightly behind us. Currently, uh, that was going on actually about a week ago here. And currently now, uh, so many more people wearing masks. It's ridiculous. I guess it's not ridiculous, you know. It, I guess it depends how you look at it. Um, but here's the weird thing, to, dude. So today was my first experience with this because even like last week I went to Target and it wasn't this way. But I went to our grocery store, Wegmans, in our area here. And there are signs that say to ke- uh, keep a cart's length distance between yourself and someone else. Um, and then everywhere, like right when you walk in, there's a security guard there that is making sure that as you walk in, you use the hand sanitizer that's there. They have a hand sanitizer thing. So you have to use that as you walk in. And then, um, just as you get towards where the, uh, the, the, um, checkout lanes are, they have this barrier now. And there's an attendant with walkie talkies that is letting people one at a time go to the lanes. And when you go up to the lane, you have to stand six feet away from the person and put your stuff on the, the little conveyor belt. Let the conveyor belt get to that person. They'll scan all your stuff and put it in bags. Then they'll tell you it's okay to come to them. As you get near them, you realize all of a sudden there's this like weird kind of plexiglass bulletproof looking thing that's 
now blocks you in this person, uh, except for like this little cutout uh, where you can uh, use the ATM, the little you know debit machine, the, your card reader, and or, or and or you know pass cash back and forth. Uh, it was very very strange. We don't have that kind of setup. Actually, the store I go to, Harris Teeter down here, it's a local Virginia and to the south to Georgia maybe. They actually unlo- you push the card up to the person, they unload it for you, and you're on the other side of. You know, no different than any normal setup. You're on the other side, but there's no conveyor belt. Mm -hmm. And they've actually taped off where you stand or where you put your cart. Yes. So that you are in like little X's with painter's tape on the floor where you are to stand so that you are within the appropriate distance from the person in front or behind you. Appropriate social distance, if you will. Yes. And (laughs) however, they still have the aisles that are still not wide enough for two people to pass. And oh, people seem to go up and down opposite aisles. Uh, it doesn't really. Yeah, it's uh, weird, right? Like, it's such a weird reality. And I keep thinking to myself, like, if this pa- does take a little longer to pass, like, say, say it takes four, five, six, seven months afterwards, do we go back to normal life? Like, do you know what I mean? Or is this kind of, like, w- being wary of being close to other people going to be a thing so ingrained in us now? You know what I mean? As Because we, we were watching... Uh, the movie we're watching today has a scene where they're in a nightclub and people are just mm-hmm. grinding all up on each other. And I just thought to myself, will we ever go back to that? <laughs> so perfect segue. So last week when we left off, I asked Chris point break or Bob boys too, to which he said, Oh, you're having fun with your little machine, man. Yeah. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? <laughs> Bleep it all out. Bleep. Mm. <laughs> that was my fun little segue. That's what I was working on while I was waiting for you. Nice. Nice. But yeah, dude, like, are we going to go back to that kind of world? Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's going to be kind of, it's going to be weird, weird, weird at first, people kind of leery of each other? I'm curious what will happen. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm sure that there will be you know, a a return to normalcy. So uh, I I was listening to something else and they were talking about the effects of 9-11. Obviously 9-11 affected a lot of things in a lot of different ways. But the only thing, the only lasting effect of 9-11 when it comes to air uh, travel is that you still have to take your shoes off when you go through the, the jumping jack machine or the doorway for metal. You got to take a lot of stuff out of your luggage too. You also can't yes, bring certain that's things the one of liquid th- on anymore. Yeah, but I mean, that's the that's the major thing. Like whenever they were doing, I, I didn't fly anytime around 9-11 yeah. before or after. I mean, I did once and that was like 97. So it was just, you know, you could go up to the gate and see somebody off. You obviously can't do that anymore. Yeah. But that a was a little bit more security big, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, you know, there there are probably going to be more lasting effects uh, for this in terms of, you know, a number of things. But germaphobes will beat you over the head about it now. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I told you so. Yeah, it's all you're going to get. It's all you're going to get, man. Um, it will be weird to see if we go back to that kind of world. It's funny because uh, you would think that all these different so you were talking about you know you were referencing 911 and then how like the security changed in the airport structure and things got tighter for a while and it started to lax off again um 
Now, imagine the kinds of destruction we saw in the film today happening <laughs> in real life. What kinds of security would they actually put into place? Seriously, if 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 men like Will Smith and and Martin Lawrence were actual cops and pulled this shit off, how could you pull that off? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this week we watched Bad Boys 2. All right, TNT, listen up. Since 9-11, we've gone high-tech over the water, so the dope runners have gone low. The biggest shipment on record is coming in tonight, and these guys we're going after, they got a lot of firepower, and they hate the law. White power! White power! Oopsie-daisy, it's the Negress. Gentlemen! What is your job description? I'll tell you. Tactical narcotics team. You know, Mike, I had an epiphany. I realized a guy sent you here to test me. Somebody shot you? And who be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. It's like it hit the meat. It ain't nowhere near the whole. Tactical, discreet, displaying finesse and subtlety. What are you, a cop or a model? Hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I hate the teller. What was subtle about your work today? Oh, this is all your fault. Can we please talk about this later? I want to talk about it right now. Well, I'll see if they'll give us a timeout. So, okay, so this movie, did you see this in theaters, do you remember, or was this a, 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 video, a video film for you? This was a video that I watched. Um, I, I hadn't seen any of these movies in theaters. There are three of them, and bad boys too and then there's a bad boys for life just should have been out, the fourth yeah. one yeah uh, I, I didn't see any of these in theaters uh, i kind of wish based on how theatrical everything is in this movie because it is a michael bay film that this could have been a lot better and you could leave a lot more deaf than when you went in <laughs> um but uh, yeah i the first time i watched it was on home video uh, dvd and since then, it, I think it recently popped up on Netflix. So that's where I watched it today. Yeah, same. I, I, I caught it on Netflix as well. I saw it originally in the theater because I was a fan of Bad Boys, the original. Uh, and it's one of those things where it was it was going to be uh, either it's going to get better and be one of these, you know, um, like Terminator 2. Everyone says it's always better than the original, even though the original is still decent. Uh mm -hmm. Um, or it was going to be a, a, a flop, and I think they proved that that was not the case. Um, this movie, man. <laughs> so do you remember last week I was saying something along the lines of, I hope I wasn't looking at you remembering this through rose-colored glasses because I hadn't seen it in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe you know I was going to watch it and, and come away with a never-ending story-style uh, feeling. 
You um, never will. This is You'll gonna, never have that feeling again, specifically. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting conversation today. Um, but I am really interested to hear your thoughts on this film. Now, that, now, had you seen like the first one before the second one, or how did that work for you when you watched these? Yeah, I think I was laid up on the couch with, I had some type of, you know, uh, outpatient surgery or something, you know, wisdom teeth pulled or whatever, mm-hmm. or just sick for a week of work or so- something. And I'd watched, I'd, you know, shotgunned a whole bunch of movies, one of which was Bad Boys. And then Bad Boys 2 came out not long after that or, you know, something where I could have watched both of them in a day or something. And I like the first one. I've seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. This, uh, But I do believe that this one is at least more interesting and more even in terms of story and, and drawing the audience in right. compared to the first one. Uh, maybe I just haven't seen it as much as the first one, but you know, that's, that's my story. Cool. Cool. Let's get into it, dude. So let's talk about the actors and actresses in this film. It's a star, a star studded film because of how big the first one was. Do you know what I mean? Like these these guys are now much bigger. This movie was made, what was it, six years, seven years after seven. after the original? So yeah. after the original, and they had already been big actors, you know, seven years passes. And in that seven years, they're both kind of skyrocketing. Will Smith, for sure. This guy just basically rules the world. So when they do Bad Boys 2, he and Martin Lawrence are already just, you know, they're, they're, they're blockbuster names. You already know you're going to get your money's worth with these guys on there. But then, dude, then you've got guys like Joe Pantoliano, um, who way back in the day had influence on me with with the Goonies as one of the uh, Fratellis. Um, all kinds of people are in this film. Gabrielle Union's in this. This is one of her first roles, I believe. Is it? Maybe uh, one of, maybe not the first, but... It's it's where a lot of people got a lot of exposure to Gabrielle Union. I mean, she was in her first movie was Love and Basketball. She was in Bring It On, um, you know, uh, with with Kirsten Dunst. And, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, she's did she did a lot of other genre based movies um, geared towards specific uh, groups, um, some more urban than others, and uh, like Deliver Us from Eva. Uh, I think was more geared towards uh, a very specific audience than what I was going to watch. But this is like, everybody's going to watch this. Dude, how about Henry Rollins as the TNT team leader? I love (laughs) Henry Rollins. He's got a smaller part than I remember in this movie. But, I mean, everything that he's in, and, and if you haven't watched it or watched or listened to it, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast about a year or two back. And... He is a very, very interesting guy. He's smart. Very dude. He's smart as hell, dude. Yeah. So check this out. So you have a, a favorite song. And how many times would you say in a month would you listen to that favorite song? Oh, my God. I don't know. Maybe once. Maybe once. More than once, maybe? I mean, Twice? You've heard? Maybe. You've heard? Okay. I have so, songs that are my favorite songs, but I don't listen to them as much, but they're still my favorite songs. You know what I mean? How often would you listen to it in a year, would you say? Oh, a few. Handful. Five, maybe. Okay. Six. So, so you know what he does? Uh-oh. He listens to a song once, writes it down, and never listens to it again. And makes sure he never goes back to it. <laughs> he doesn't want to waste his time, dude. 
Like, how wild is that? There's got to be like, there's got to be songs that seeped through, and he was like, "Damn it, I didn't want to hear this song again." It's a it's a very interesting listen. I I don't want to. I mean, I can't even give you any more without going into the yeah, backstory and the crazy, context. Yeah. But I mean, from his time in Black Flag and bodybuilding, and now he does motivational and you know speaking tours. And he's and, always had these kind of cameo roles, especially like in the '90s and and 2000s. Um, and he, like I said, yeah, he he is. He's 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 very personable. So you could see why you'd want to get him in front of a camera because he he plays off well. And he looked and he it wasn't like it wasn't like seeing Henry Rollins and going like, oh, he can't even act in this role. He was pretty decent. Um, you know who I like in this movie? Do you know who that Peter Stormare guy is? The the guy who played the Russian. Oh yeah, he's the bad guy in everything. Oh, he's, he's so the- amazing. I love this guy. He's probably one of my favorite actors. Um. Yeah, he, he like you said, he plays the bad guy in everything, and every time he just puts this certain flair on the character and the way he plays them. This one was perfect, dude. And and the funny thing is, uh, and you'll get this reference. So he is basically every bad guy who needs to not be American. So he would be Vince McMahon's <laughs> heel foreigner. Yep. Wet dream in the 1980s. He definitely would, dude. He definitely would. How about Dan Marino with a, ca- a cameo <laughs> popping out? I, of the I car? wonder if I wonder if Mike Lowry ever let him know how, you know how it, uh, how how it drove. <laughs> yeah. How did it? How, how did it roll? How did it flip? Um, and yeah. then did you did you notice uh, basketball great John Sally in the John film? Smi- uh, Sally. I, I was thinking it was John Smiley for some reason, but yeah, <laughs> he was in the first one too. Yeah, yeah. he was in. He was in. He was their their convict that they brought in, um, and then Became Martin Lawrence kept guy. smacking him in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then okay, we have the main ca- the main guys, right? You have Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, and these guys are just perfect together. I mean, mm-hmm. well, they're they're, they're like, the perfect foil for each other too. Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, they get a well, they get along well together. They have great banter together, and then when it's time to bust each other's chops, it's it's perfect. And then they aggravate the hell out of each other at the perfect times. Um, this, okay, so there's no not much growth. I guess there's a little growth, but not much from the characters from the first to second. Aside from Martin Lawrence, like he's trying to go through this whole, you know, change and the Husa thing, and and trying to learn how to come to you know grips with his emotions. Um, but but basically, Will Smith still kind of plays that cocky, arrogant. He knows he's real good, kind of a cop from the first one. So you didn't get much much of a depth uh, change in, in his acting in here. But still, overall, for me, these guys together on screen, I would I I can't I want to see the next one actually. I I do too, and and you know the 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 best part of these two guys, and and I think it started in the first movie, and it it kind of it kept going along in this in this one, is that uh, they play their traditional opposites like so will smith is like the the married you know three kids in you know irl as the kids say mm-hmm. and uh you know you, you see will smith as a specific image martin lawrence started as a stand-up comedian um go watch you so crazy from his hbo comedy hour it was quite good and uh, very 90s and and they just play basically they play each other's real life personas or you know, at that time, their real life personas. So it's it's like you don't see Will Smith as, you know, this. He's normally a family man, but you're seeing him as like this playboy, yeah, this this ladies man, and and a little bit more vulgar than you would expect Will Smith to be. Yeah. Martin Lawrence is a comedian, but he's a family man, which is 
Will Smith's character or real life, you know, uh, um, yeah. Thing. Overall, though, like whenever he picks these characters, or even as a rapper, you know, these kinds of things, he he generally stays away from that kind of thing. And even though you know it is an R-rated film, and you know, it feels like um, it was it was a little much sometimes in this movie. And, and that can you know what? That's mm-hmm. a perfect segue. Let's get right into the writing, the the story, and the plot. <laughs> Okay, so it's a basic story, right? It's drug smuggling, and they got to stop it from happening. And it reminded when when I when I saw what the drug was, I was like, oh wow, this is really old, huh? It's it's ecstasy, like that's like you know, nowadays it's meth that that everyone's moving, isn't it? Well, the first movie was they had to recollect their heroin bus from the French guy that always plays a bad guy. Yeah. And this one is, yeah, it's X, which at the time was kind of a big thing. Yeah, I think my uh, ne- next one will probably be meth. But, I mean, the I, you know what I did like? It wasn't just one thing that they were dealing with. It was a couple of layers uh, in regards to this whole thing going down. It was it wasn't just the Cubans bringing bringing the uh, the drugs in and the money in and all that stuff. The Russians were a part of this thing. Haitians played a part of it for a while, so it was like they were getting hit from all different angles. And and I thought that was kind of interesting. But basically, it's the same kind of story that a lot of shit's going down, and for some reason, these two cops are the only cops that can save the day. Yeah, just these two. <laughs> I'm t- so this. Uh... This is what I was talking about when I said the the never ending story effect, because it must it has to be because when you're younger, you don't certain things you don't mind as much. The writing, you'll you'll kind of let it go uh, just because you're into in, in, into the film for the action and for a lot of the the banter and the two comedians. And, and you know, you're, you're that's what you're there for. You're not really there to, to get some quality writing. Um and there's some there's some writing in this film that definitely does not stand the test of time, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, it does. It, there was a one scene that actually took me out of it, which is weird too. But it really took me out of uh, out of the film for a second. I was like, okay, this is really. I see what they're doing, but I guess it wasn't necessary. Um, I don't know, man. There were so many different times in this film where I was just like, oof, that's kind of who wrote this. This is kind of rough. You know what I mean? I'll tell you who wrote this. Oh, I know. I know who wrote this. That's, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Did you see this in the credits? Yeah. Do it. Uh, so the story by Ron Shelton and uh, Cormac Wiberly and, and Marianne Wiberly. And then from there, the story is expanded and, and written into a screenplay by Ron Shelton, Jerry Stahl. He's uncredited in the credits. However, here's what really caught my attention. Mm -hmm. The team of Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg of the Goldbergs. Of the super bad film. Yes. And also of the many films such as Superbad, Judd Apatow. Yes. Dude. So these, okay, I get it. And there there are a lot of funny lines in it. And then you can tell these were written by the comedic actors, right? Or the the comedy writers on the film. But there were times in this where the banter was just kind of nonsense exhausting yes yes like a little much um and i don't know why i don't know why i felt that way man is it because i'm getting old (laughs) no i think it's because it was on paper it sounded good and to kind of ease the level of tension in that exact scene 
but you don't ease tension in the scene. You ease tension from a tense scene in the next scene. Yeah, or after typically. the scene, like immediately after the tension's done. You know, the the you have the cl- the climax is finished. The whole buildup's done. Uh, the the bang, and then you need the comedy to ease that tension. And I wonder if part of that wasn't the editing, where they put it in in certain areas where it was filmed differently, but then they moved it around to make it. I don't sound know, better man. or act. for me there was like, mean, there was a couple of times when I don't know you can take your pick because every act in this film which I feel like there was two acts too many um, every act in this film had a car chase scene in it where they were both in the car and they were bantering and, and arguing back and forth and Will Smith was driving and it, and it literally each time turned into can you shut up and let me drive mm-hmm. yeah there was a lot of that oh. there was you know shut up and drive or shoot or yeah, you know, th- they set up, they set it up a lot, and then they reversed it at one point to where you know, toward the end, where it was, you know, and Marcus's whole thing was, I'm trying to be calm, and you know, there were some, you know, they did a really good job with the tension with the uh, the gunfight in mm-hmm. that the Haitian house stronghold, and then at the end of that scene, they did, you know, the comedic effect where you, Martin Lawrence goes and talks to all the dead people and says. You can't get information out of dead people. You know, it was kind of a silly thing to trying to prove a point. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where that makes more sense to ease the tension yes. so that you're not like in contagion, what we talked about before, where it's not everyone's high strung, their shoulders are in their ears. You got to give them a chance to cool down before the next scene. You can't really go up and down in the same scene because it makes it exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's the thing about Michael Bay films, especially this era of Michael Bay films. It's they're very exhausting. It's like you can I, I don't know, like I'm a fan of action films. I really am, but when it comes to his films, it's like, okay, just get ready because you you have to suspend a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of belief. It's it's absolutely oh, yeah. it's absolutely it's it's almost on the level of um fast and furious level of suspension of belief. Because some of the things that went down in this movie, I was just like, what? I mean, well, they, the whole trip to Cuba, too. That was too much. That's, that's my insane. Like, like, it's too much. We didn't even need that. Like, that could have just been nothing. Like, they didn't have to do that. We could have just caught the Cuban on, on the whatever and be done with it. But let's take out an entire mountainside village. Seriously? Yeah, that's that's Michael Bay's trademark right there. Let's just blow everything up. Bro, seriously, let's destroy that. Okay, how I would like to know how many innocent lives were lost on any of those car chase scenes. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, any of those gunfights. Okay, so you guys are cops, and you're going to be in the middle of an intersection where you see people in the background running around because they're afraid and you're open firing with automatic weapons. Seriously. Seriously. And no one else, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there was, this movie, there were so many times where I was just like, really? Because that's going to, because really, you're going to rush an American embassy, a base on another country, okay? They're going to have open fire on your vehicle. And when you step out with hand, you know, handguns yourselves, weapons yourselves, not a bullet's fired. All right. <laughs> what? I, think, I have an answer for you here. What? There's a movie, there's a website, moviebodycounts.com. Oh my God, this is amazing. 
<laughs> right, one more. I want to say All one right. more thing to this scene. Then, 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 right? These soldiers, these American soldiers who have guns themselves, are literally going to stand there and watch the scene play out with the villain's gun in hand and up to the guy's head and people shooting people dead and people just throwing guns around and making minds explode. Like, what did they just go make popcorn and watch this? Like, what the hell? Is like that's the thing. Like you can have a good action film and put a lot of cool shit together, but god damn it, make some parts of it make sense. Don't don't go so over the top that you just start to go, I guess I don't even give a shit about what's happening because it's just about the the spectacle. Do you think Michael Bay watched Heat and was like, All right, we're gonna do that times a million? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you know what? He was he was watching Heat while he was high on cocaine and he was like, All right, let me tell you how we can make this a lot better. How many dead bodies do you think? How many kills do you think are in this movie? In this movie, I'd have to say uh, between five and seven hundred. Oh, you're way off. Oh, okay. Way too high. Too high? I wouldn't. Th- are they calling every single vehicle like like there was a scene where a part of something smashes dead on into somebody's windshield? So those people are dead. There's no way they survived. There were so many cars that were smashed and destroyed that those people were killed. Do they count those people? Um, let's see. And let's assume there were 1.5 people in each of those little shacks. 1.5, huh? Yeah, let's just assume. All right, well, so the entire <laughs> film, so the uh, the Pink House, there's only three killed. Negotiation, there's one. Oh, so they're talking about like the actual gangsters and bad guys we see killed. No, no, they're talking like they're in the club. There's that one guy that ODs. Oh, oh yeah, well, like the, the literal people we see. They break it down by film. scene. Okay, they break it down by scene. Do they discuss no. any of the people on the highway that are not villains? Or so cops? they say that there's a total of sixty three kills in the entire film. There's no way, dude. It's got to be higher than that. In like reality, yeah. like deaths. Oh, okay. Well, so that's a difference. The there's a difference between death and kills. Yeah, I think they're going by. The uh, the amount of kills that you see. Okay, yeah. Because, you know, when they blow up, the, like when they kill all those people in, in the, um, when they're in Cuba, they say there was 23 total kills, and there's got to be more because that house blew up. Exactly. How many people were in that also, house? Also, does that mean the dude's mom and little daughter were killed in that explosion? You know, I don't know. They don't really go into detail on that. It's they just say how many. Dude, it's just insane. It really is. You know what I mean? What did you think of it overall? Like the way the story played out and and all that stuff. What what were your thoughts on it? It is highly unbelievable. <laughs> Not believable in the slightest. You can't uh, you can't be across the street and never see and never be seen. You know, you got to leave. You're digging a tunnel underneath. My favorite. That's noise. Dude, how about the part where there's that little remote RV car just zipping around that pool and nobody sees it. Nobody hears this on a nice, you know, gorgeous, you know, day. Mm -hmm. With 2003 technology, you (laughs) you know, I mean, now it would be a drone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the same time, it's. Oh, man. Yeah. It was definitely an impossible type of film. It's, It's one of those where you're like, wow. Um, so the crash, they say that there were, remember the crash before the, 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 the chase yeah. with the, um, so there were five that people that died in the, in the crash. And those were the five, uh, Haitians that Will Smith gunned down. And then there were only two that died in the chase. That's all just two. 
Two dead bodies that you saw. Noise. Something. So let me ask you something. I want to transition over to soundtrack and and music here. Uh, when you were watching the credits at the opening, did you notice Dr. Dre and Puff Daddy and Sean P. Diddy Combs were? Oh, that was his name at this yeah, time. Yeah, it had the P. Diddy uh, in quotes as well. Um, but yeah, dude, it was like I saw that. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There was like uh, some sort of like Bad Boys album or you know label type song that came out, and then as soon as I heard, started hearing Nelly and. Uh, remember that Shake Your Tail Feather Murphy song? Murphy Lee. Yeah. And, yep. I was like, okay, I remember this now. Um, they put that in the entire movie. Yeah. Well, that was supposed to give you the the, the Miami feel. It was about it was about the party and the feel of Miami. Um, I'll tell you though, this 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 soundtrack definitely is probably one of the top you know things about this movie for me. So many cool old school like late '90s, early 2000s, you know, hip hop and and rappers. Um, the music right here just brought me back to that era. You know what I mean? Especially like Shake Your Tail Feather, La La La, Jay-Z. Um, dude, it was oh, so good. So good. So good. It's a good soundtrack. I definitely, yeah, the, the the original music, just like the transitional or the background mm-hmm. music, like um, when they were doing, when the Haitians were chasing and they were doing all the, when everybody was with binoculars all over the car park, uh, I could definitely, like I heard this beat and I'm, I just said, that's definitely a Dr. Dre beat. Right oh yeah, there. oh yeah. You could, you could tell. tell. It's so good. I thought. See, I thought the sound on this was good. Um, music, like you said, the the background score was good. And again, soundtrack for me. Um, I'm always. A, I'm a huge fan of hip hop and especially this era. So this era and earlier, and so it, it just brought me back. I was like, the whole time it's it's playing. Well, again, it's Michael Bay too. So you're watching a, a an extended MTV video, right? It's basically about putting all the music on and then making sure the visuals uh, are flashy and explosive, and you know you're, you're getting what you need to go with the music. It literally looked like three or four different times I was watching a music video. Well, Michael Bay used to direct music videos. Exactly. That's how he got into movie directing. Exactly. So it it, it makes perfect sense, and the quick cuts and all that stuff make perfect sense. He's got to tell a story in a music video, typically within three to four minutes and and this is just like you said a two and a a long a two and a half hour music he he likes the there you you can always tell a michael bay film aside from the explosions and the over top everything is by certain things like his camera angles and the way he moves cameras he does a lot of swooping um shots a lot of like movement and uh like like that one scene in the Haitian house you were talking about. That was actually a pretty cool scene, and I think at that time it was a little bit ahead. You know, it was just kind of cutting edge for for pulling that off, where the camera just swung around in a circle over and over, and you could see Will Smith on one too side of the wall. Too. You know, the other guy's on the other side of the wall. Um, that was just a little. They did it too many times. Dude, though, it I happened like, all the time. Like every time something big. Well, I mean, deal in that was scene happening. in particular, that scene in particular, it was just long. Yeah, you were getting sick. Oh. Um, well, I was just getting sick of sick of it. It's like, all right, I get it. You can do this. That's neat. And then you're like, oh, so you can do this. That's neat. Oh, you want to show us that you can do this? How about you stop now? <laughs> did you yeah, also? I did like. Sorry, go ahead. I did like. That's okay. I did like the um, the. I don't think GoPro was a thing now uh, then, but you know the effectively the as they're destroying the the hillside town, 
with the Hummer, the uh, the sideways camera that was on the front grill of the Hummer. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the side mirror, how it just as you you know on the driver's side, as uh, the mirror kept hitting something, it would progressively fall, <laughs> and then off. It was amazing, dude. It's actually absolutely amazing. Um, and that's that's sarcasm. <laughs> it's too too mm-hmm. much, dude. It's just kind of like, all right, we get it. Um, but again, but the soundtrack itself wasn't too bad. Uh, mm-hmm. What was again over the top, aside from just the extensive scenes, were a lot of the special effects. And this film has a bunch of them. You have to. It's if you're gonna have shootouts, you have to be able to show every, you know gun spray and and you know the, the uh, impact you know of of gun of bullets and all these things you got to show explosions and and you got to flip cars and and i mean this thing had everything you got to waste money about it. it had everything you got to waste Dude, money it if really you're was Bay. good lord good lord seriously over the again there was a point where i was like okay i i could have been done with this movie a half an hour 40 minutes ago um, and they could have ended it that quickly too. You don't have to go. I mean, I guess for him he has to. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's all. I mean, I'm just going to keep saying the same thing. The the chase scenes were too long. I mean, they looked good. They were pretty well, you know, choreographed. And watching these vehicles kind of go rolling around and flipping around during that chase scene and on the on the highway was pretty sweet. But after again, a little too long. It would have been shortened. It, it, you get it's more effective when it's shortened. When you get just kind of a punch of something, and that's it. When it goes too long, it's just kind of like uh, it's the Peter Griffin effect. Yeah, yeah. Peter Peter Griffin has definitely gone too long in my book. <laughs> um, but 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 they looked good. You know, the special effects actually did look good. It wasn't like it was cheap looking. The explosions were legit explosions. They weren't. You know uh cg because i don't think he messes around too much with cg explosions I, I think he likes to you know rig up places and and blow them up oh yeah why wouldn't you if you, <laughs> if you have 130 million in your budget you're going to use 130 million probably 110 is going to be for explosions dude just saying that number is so sickening uh-huh good lord um all right scenes and quotes man this movie is definitely full of all kinds of quotes and quips uh, and obviously memorable scenes. There's a lot of shit in this movie that you're just kind of like, wow. Uh, what about you? What what sticks out in your mind? Well, they sang the Bad Boy song, I think, a total of three uh, three times, maybe four. Yep. And Martin Lawrence yep. still doesn't know the second cor- second verse. But that's the best part because yeah. Uh, yeah. it feels of like movie, everybody right? does that. Everybody does it, though. That's why everybody can relate to him because nobody takes the time to learn the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, it, I actually listened to it. And I was like, well, that's really weird, the story that they're telling through this song. Like, it starts out when you're eight, and then I was like, all right, I'm done. That's, you know, all right, I'm, I'm over. I'm over this song. I'm over the, the, the verses. Okay, let's get, let's, oh, let's take it to the chorus. Let's just have the song be nothing but the chorus over and over. Yeah, it's like the YouTube video oh, where it's man. a fireplace for eight hours. Let's just put this on loop for eight hours. There you go. There you go. Somebody go to sleep to that. Yeah, this movie's full of them. There's nothing that sticks in my head because I, this isn't something I watched over and over. Um, you know, but again, to me, there were a lot of the scenes. For me, the best scenes in this film are when 
Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are are just just interacting, not in the middle of some action scene, not you know, not not you know. It's it's always when they're kind of bickering at each other, but in person. For me, I like those scenes the best in this. I mean, the action's great, and it's fun if just you want to go for this kind of joyride of spectacle. But uh, for me, the the film, the best parts of the scenes are are him and Martin Lawrence and Will Smith kind of bickering. Yeah, I, w- I would say when they actually have real relatable moments, that's something that the audience can can zero in on and say, all right, I get these characters. And I think that's where you have the most character progression as well, just in, in general. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we're down. We're down to rate this. Huh? What, do, what are we what are we rating this? So I was thinking using as a rating. So obviously five. Uh, I was thinking we would do um, uh, boundary boxes because that's where you put Will Smith's mom's titties. And Martin Lawrence's ass, and <laughs> oh, that's right, the boundary box. <laughs> um, we, I mean, we could do that is, okay. That is a good scene when you say that too. That's that is a good scene. We're at the, the video store yeah. or the remember, and they're sitting in that room, and he's talking about what he did to him in the butt and uh, all this stuff, and these people are out there going because <gasps> they're speaking with a shorthand, uh, referencing something that we as the viewer knows, but the people in the store who are watching them on this real world camera you know the real world or road rules uh, confessional room yeah they don't know what they are referring to so they are drawing their own conclusions and it's written that way on purpose to be not inflammatory but to be misleading to those people and it it is you know there is a laugh there yeah 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 so we got boundary boxes what's your uh, what's your rating on this um see i went back and forth on this you know the more you talk the more i'm like well yeah the movie is kind of rote uh, it's kind of a rehash of the first one. Um, it, there is a great cast. The writing is, you don't have to make leaps of logic to say, all right, so this does make sense. Why does the Russian guy show up at the end um, and and want to shoot everybody and get gunned down by the, by the, <laughs> by the, the DEA? Uh, you, and he's smiling too as he's getting shot down. He's liquored up. He's loving it. Uh, you know, there's... There, there's there's good and there's bad in this, so I I really struggle with it. I like the movie because it is that two and it, it's too long, first of all. But I like the movie because it is just action oriented. There's not a dull moment, and when it's a quiet moment, there's story progression, so you're still invested. The characters are good. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of Marcus's family this time, because but in the first movie you you, you really got to know those characters, and I believe in the third one, which I haven't seen. I believe that there's more character, you know, more time with the the fam, uh, Marcus's family. Um, you know, I, like I said, I like the characters. I like the acting. Um, everybody was, you know, there wasn't anything that was out of character for these characters. Uh, any actions that they did that were out of character, but the overall, like the length of it, the the exhaustion from just Michael Bay putting Michael Bay on the screen. Uh, I mean, he should be an uncredited character in this. I think he is uncredited in this. Yeah, he was. Did you know who he was? Did you see him? I didn't know he was actually in the movie, but I'm saying he his, his yeah. explosion should be their own character. No, who did he's, he play? He's the guy driving the shitty car that they were going to oh, really? use. Uh, Martin Lawrence was going <laughs> to grab, and he's like, what are you doing grabbing that car? Give him his car back. A little Ford Escort. Yeah, yeah. Almost everybody's first car. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I'm going to have to settle on three and a quarter boundary boxes on this one. Interesting. Interesting. All right. For me, um, 
a little bit of rose-colored glasses because, again, watching this, there was a lot of times I cringed. Uh, you know, the writing where I was just kind of like, oof, that's kind of, that's just hokey or it felt like uh, it's a little much here. Like this wouldn't, you know, it just wouldn't be going this way for me. Um, there was that one scene that really threw me off and we were discussing Will Smith and his cursing and stuff with, when the, uh, when Martin Lawrence's daughter was get, have, getting picked up by the boyfriend and now they were, you know, trying to intimidate him and that was fine. But then like they were now, and now they're allowed. But they were dropping N-bombs where it was so out of character and sounded so forced. It was weird. It was a weird feeling just then. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that was one of the know? things where I was taken out of it, too, where, you know, you don't hear Will Smith say that at all. No. So when I heard it, it was like, whoa, what? And then he just kept going. I was like, how come I don't remember this? Um, Reggie does play yeah, a part in the weird. third movie. I will tell you that much. What's that? Reggie is in the third movie. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, overall, though, you know, it is. It's Michael Bay. You know what you're getting with Michael Bay. Uh, could it have been shorter? Yes, 100%. There's a lot that could have been taken out. You could you could have shortened so many of those chase scenes, so many of the gunfights, and so many of the explosions, and still made it impactful. impactful. And, and you know, to tuck this movie in at, at a decent hour 30, hour 45, but to go two hours plus was like, good Lord, dude, what are you doing here? Um, no, like the question said, the is movie, what aren't you doing here? Yeah. Uh, and you're right too. The movie, the, the, the plot, the storyline, it's, there's nothing that you're just kind of like, uh, why is this happening? You know, they, it's, it's very well explained. It's not so intricate that you can't follow what's happening. Um, so, you know, it's, it's basically, it's a summer blockbuster. It's one of those popcorn films as they used to call them that you just went, you, you, you did this in the theaters in the summertime just to let loose. And most of the times, these movies are geared toward kids coming out of high school or college, you know, just the te- when you don't have to go to school, you want to kind of let loose and watch big explosions and uh, car chases. Um, say, that said, uh, for me, I don't think I'm for me. Ugh, it's rough. I'm going to have to put it into three boundary boxes for me. Three, three full boundary boxes, three full boundary. I'm just giving them three. I can understand that. So, yeah. Um, just to take a minute here too, with with the amount of Michael Bay explosions, you know Michael Bay is a movie director. There, and, and I'm going to go on a, a short soapbox here. Uh, if you listen to my other podcast, Power Rangers in Cyberspace, there was a every once in a while I'll bring it up. It's something that they used to use in the American version uh, called Cal, uh, Bruce Kalish was a producer, and he loved explosions to the point where they were ridiculous. They were Michael Bay sized explosions on a weekly TV show to the point where Bruce Kalish and his explosions, there is a term now called Kalish explosion. And he is like, basically he is the Michael Bay of TV. He doesn't do TV anymore, thankfully, but there's that to the point where, you know, uh, for action figures, Christian, uh, my co-host, uh, and I, we would talk about, I need an action figure of a Kalish explosion Be- <laughs> just because they're so abundant in certain seasons and, you know, with Michael Bay and, and especially this movie, it's the same thing. It's like, all right, we got it. There's an explosion. When you're driving through a downhill chase, you don't need to have explosions three houses on either side of the uh, of the vehicles. Yeah, not needed at all. Yeah, end of soapbox. So there you go. Um, would you put this on the DVD collection? Would you put it on the shelf? The only reason I would add it would be as a point of reference for Hot Fuzz. 
Ah, uh, I would put it on there as well because for me, the first one still hold. I think, I mean, I, I'm saying it now, right? But I haven't seen it in a while. But it still, it holds that kind of. It's it's it was good. It was it was the not the first of its kind, but man, it brought that kind of lethal weapon style buddy cop thing into pop culture uh, of the '90s at the time. So and it was a great time. And so to have the second one that goes with it, and like I said, I still want to see the third one. I'm sure it's gonna be. It's going to be like Fast and the Furious franchise. We're probably going to see even more over-the-top stuff, even more stuff we've never seen before on screen. Um, but I definitely have to keep it on the on the shelf. So would you get the two-pack? I'll get the two-pack. There you go. And the biggie. Um, all right, dude. You ready for next next uh, the next movie? I got one lined up here. Um, I heard. I don't think we've – I mean, aside from it being the comedy, uh, a comedy horror, we haven't really gotten into any kind of horror yet. So I was I was thinking about doing a movie that I have I have not seen yet, but I was always told it was a good movie and I should check it out. Uh, if you've seen it, then cool, cool. But I think for the next movie, I want to see the movie It Follows. It Follows, huh? That's different than what you told me. What did I tell you? Alien. Oh, we did discuss Alien, didn't we? Well, not really. Yeah, let's do Alien. Let's do Alien. Uh, let's I, do the first Alien. I think for It Follows... I think we should do that after this, but I think for It Follows, we should have a uh, special guest and a special guest viewing. Uh, Ooh, who are we going to do that? One Anthony Mullen, because he loves this movie. Does he? No, he hates It Follows. He hates everything scary. You know that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get him on it. Okay, yeah, so the next movie we're going to be watching is Alien. Don't say anything like that except uh, molecular acid. You must be using it for blood. Got a wonderful defense mechanism. You don't dare kill it. What about Kane? Here's your pen, I've never seen it. That's gonna. You've never seen the first Alien. I've never seen any of them. Okay. See, this is gonna be fun. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen the first Alien, and when I say long, I mean like, dude, I was a kid. Like, I remember still living at home with my parents uh, in probably middle school. So this should be fun. Um, anyway, all right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. That was Silence Your Phones. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope everyone's out there staying safe. Make sure you're social distancing yourself. And uh, just know right now it's time to unsilence your phones.